0: Welcome to this Walnut Wednesday edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to our special Walnut Wednesday report, we'll bring you a look at national and regional agricultural news here on the show today. And I'll start things off with a look at regional agricultural news right after this.
1: Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together.
0: Despite recent moisture for parts of California, information from the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration and the National Weather Service shows that almost all of California remains in a devastating drought. Californians are reminded to save water by not watering lawns or ornamental landscapes within 48 hours of rain events. More tips on saving water can be found at saveourwater.com. The California Department of Food and Agriculture Office of Farm to Fork is announcing that proposals are now being accepted for the 2023 California Nutrition Incentive Program expansion for women, infants, children, and senior farmers market nutrition programs. CNIP facilitates the purchase and consumption of healthy California grown fresh fruits and vegetables by nutrition benefit clients. CDFA F2F is seeking project proposals from qualified entities to distribute SNAP nutrition incentives at certified farmers as markets, community supported agriculture practitioners and farm stands throughout California. These incentives will be available to shoppers using WIC and senior farmers as market nutrition program benefits to purchase California grown fruits and vegetables. Participants should be able to receive the incentive at the time of the purchase. Projects that reach underserved population will be prioritized. It is a competitive process. Visit the CNEP webpage to view requests for proposals and a 2023 CNEP expansion for WIC and senior farmers' market nutrition programs. The RFP includes further information on the grant program, its implementation timeline, and application criteria. Applications must be submitted to the CDFA no later than 5 p.m. on January 20th. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency is putting forward a proposed consent order with the U.S. Department of the Navy and Defense Logistics Agency that requires steps to ensure the safety, fueling, and closure of the Red Hill Bulk Fuel Storage Facility at Joint Base Pearl Harbor-Hickman. The proposed order will also require the Navy to properly operate and maintain the JBPHH drinking water system to protect the health and safety of its consumers. This proposed order is the latest step in EPA's work to oversee the Navy's response to the November 2021 fuel release from Red Hill and subsequent Department of Defense decisions to close Red Hill. EPA is asking for comments on the proposed order and will host a public meeting the week of January 16th to go over details of the order and answer questions. Formal comments may be submitted on regulations.gov now until February 6th. U.S. farms and ranches sold $11.2 billion in certified organic commodities in 2021, up 13% from $9.9 billion in 2019. Of 2021 sales, 54% was for crops and 46% was for livestock, poultry and related products. Between 2019 and 2021, the number of certified organic farms with organic production in the country increased 5% to 17,445 and the number of certified acres decreased 11% to 4.9 million. Certified organic cropland increased 3% to 3.6 million acres, while certified organic pasture land declined 36% to 1.3 million acres. California led in both the number of farms and acres, with 3,061 certified farms and 813,710 acres. The state accounted for 17% of total U.S. certified organic land. Only three other states had more than 1,000 certified organic farms. Those states are Wisconsin, followed by New York and then by Pennsylvania. California Association of Wine Grape Growers Chairman Tom Slater has announced the Board of Directors has named Natalie Collins as the association's president. Collins has served as interim president since June of 2022 after the retirement of John Aguirre. The board is extremely grateful for the job Natalie has done for the past six months and is very excited she has accepted their offer to become the president of COG, according to Slater. He says she has been a member of their COG family for seven years and brings with her an enormous amount of institutional knowledge. They look forward to Natalie sharing that knowledge with the board and all of its members. Over the last few months, Collins has led the COG team in Sacramento and guided the association's partnership with the American Society for Enology and Vinticulture in preparation for the annual Unified Wine and Grape Symposium. She has also taken a point in COG's advocacy efforts in Washington, D.C. Produce industry maven Jan Delizer has announced her plan to retire from the California Avocado Commission after 24 years of service to the organization. The tentative timing for her retirement is mid-February of 2023. Delizer spent her entire 47-year career in the produce industry. Prior to working for the commission, she held a number of positions in the produce industry, working with the Packer, the Fresh Produce Council, which is now the Fresh Produce and Floral Council, Sun World International, and Westlake Produce Incorporated. She joined CAC in 1998 as Merchandising Director for the Southwest Region. In 2000, she was promoted to Vice President Merchandising and to Vice President of Marketing in 2003. Delizer's career was filled with mentorship and leadership. She was Chairperson of the Produce Marketing Association and served on the Board of Directors of United Fresh Produce Association. She currently serves on the IFPA's DEI Committee, represents a commission on the Bi-California Marketing Agreement as a board member, and is a member of the Brighter Bites Los Angeles Committee. A former chair of the Produce for Better Health Foundation and the Fresh Produce and Floral Council, she was appointed to the California State Polytechnic University Don B. Huntley College of Agriculture's Dean's Advisory Council in May of 2021. Awards and accolades have followed from her years of marketing excellence and contributions to the industry, including the fact that during her tenure as Vice President Marketing, the commission received a Marketing Excellence Award from Produce business for 11 consecutive years the avocado commission is actively seeking a vice president of marketing to serve after delizer's retirement and advises that interested qualified individuals should send a cover letter and resume to careers at avocado.org
1: there's giant potential sleeping in your soil under drought conditions it's never been more important to wake it up Phycoterra, a superior soil microbial food, activates the native microbes responsible for your soil's health and water-holding capacity. Adding Phycoterra to your crop increases water retention up to 10% and optimizes crop nutrient availability. Plus, it delivers excellent mixability and application flexibility, making it easy to add to your existing crop input strategy. Visit Phycoterra.com to learn how you can wake up your soil's giant potential with Phycoterra.
2: Ag commissioners in California's counties contribute a great deal to the state's ag industry. And in the current state of the walnut industry, California Walnut Boarding Commission Executive Director and CEO Robert Verloop believes that growers can make better use of ag commissioners' services. These are the folks that have to implement the emergency declarations. They have to do the research. Um, They've been very cooperative with me, and I've introduced myself to them. They're going to go out uh, in, in most cases they're going to go out to the in, to their respective grower base and resurvey everybody to make sure we get a more accurate number on the amount of damage that was done both in the in the orchard and I'll give you an example if the grower didn't do a second shake because uh, of sunburn um uh, what would would have been sus- suspected of being sunburned parts of the field um the grower needs to identify that also at the holler and dryer, our blowouts are exceedingly high, comp- pardon me, compared to previous, year, previous years. Um, we want to identify what that percentage is of the total crop. And then when it gets to the handlers, the handlers in their 100 cell trays have a pretty good idea right now of the amount of product that's black or, or very, very dark, uh, dark amber, uh, moldy, um, shriveled, and anything else that typically would be the result of the fruit, uh, the walnuts basically overheating, um, we know kind of what that percentage is. And, and the range that the commissioners have found is 36% uh, to a much smaller number, but the smaller number was the result of not enough growers telling their, their ag commissioners and their staff what the true impact of the heat wave was. So I, I would ask as the listeners of uh, your podcast, Um, If they get a survey from their commissioner, please be mindful of the importance of looking at the entire scope of orchard, huller, dryer, and then the handler side where we're cracking the nuts as to what may be the impact ultimately to the number of usable pounds versus the unusable pounds because unusable is unmarketable as I described them. Um, We need to make sure we hit 30% as an industry to to really hit the emergency declaration line, but each individual grower will will also be able to look at that. If we can get funding, if we can get the right information, that will be forwarded to the Office of Emergency Services and CDFA, they will review the data um, with the Ag Commissioners, um, and if they feel that the information is sound, then forward that to the Governor's Office for Signature, which then forwards it to USDA, where it then gets put into um, a funding process. And um, at that point, um, farm services agency would be given funds to help growers with low interest rate ro- loans to help bridge this year. Ad commissioners can also provide information on larger programs that have the potential to benefit the California walnut industry. All growers have to do is just ask. We think we have an opportunity to see additional funding being put in um, into the USDA Treasury. Um, we'll have more information by, well, we're hoping before Christmas with the um, some of the new funding mechanisms that the Senate and the Congress in general are working on. Um, and so I'm hoping that early next week, we learn that USDA has access to more emergency funds that would eventually then be something that the walnut industry could participate in. So they have a lot of things in the works, including improving the resource management agency's uh, crop insurance program. And for those growers that haven't looked at that, they should contact their insurance agents and really take a hard look at what the current um, opportunities are uh, as far as uh, insurance policies. We're hoping to come up with a much stronger and and a much more grower-centric policy that would be available in 2024 so that we can get our entire crop covered rather than just the in-shell crop, which is currently how it's structured. So we've got a lot of uh, balls in the air at that point. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom.
1: Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together.
3: Do you know the nutrient use efficiency people? Yes, I'm talking about the folks at Verdesian Life Sciences that deliver crop insights and solutions so California crops grow to their full potential. From micros with a proprietary delivery system to solutions that help improve the uptake and assimilation of applied nutrients. Visit VLSCI.com to learn more about Verdesian solutions or to connect with a
1: local representative right here in California.
0: With pears coming off the trees, pear growers say it's been an interesting year. Kevin Moffat, president of Pear Bureau Northwest, says the estimates have been a bit up and down.
3: The estimates were quite interesting. You know, in April when we had the snow, people thought that the fruit was not going to make it at all, that we'd have a terribly short crop. When the summer came through, the estimates were pretty reasonable, about the same size as last year.
0: Even if the pears turned out a little larger than normal.
3: We're having to make our push at retail towards the larger-sized fruit. Not as much bags. Bags are still in demand. They're still packing bags, but we want to get the uh, big fruit out into the market on the bulk side as well because that's where the, the fruit is skewing in that direction mostly.
0: Moffat says there should be plenty of pears for consumers, and that's where they're headed this time of the year.
3: So right now we're concentrating on getting this crop into the marketplace and getting it through throughput and into consumers' hands, and it's, it's looking pretty good. The pricing has been good, steady, and the movement's been good.
0: The cost of production, mainly input costs, have cut into profits.
3: Well, I think that the pricing that they're talking about right now that I've heard that the shippers and growers are talking about is, has been enough to survive the, uh, the input costs that have gone up. If you had these prices a few years back when you had uh, less input costs, they would sure look a lot better. But we're still, it, it's definitely about break-even, sure. I mean, they're going to make some money.
0: Ann Moffitt says that this is Celebrate Pears Month. Last week, the U.S. Senate confirmed Alexis Taylor to serve as the U.S. Department of Agriculture's top trade official. The National Milk Producers Federation and the U.S. Dairy Export Council have commended the Senate's confirmation of Alexis Taylor to the position of USDA's Day's Undersecretary of Trade and Foreign Agricultural Affairs. As the U.S. Day's top trade official, Taylor will lead a team of negotiators responsible for implementing U.S. trade policy, accelerating foreign market access, and promoting opportunities for U.S agriculture. It is an especially important position for America's dairy farmers, who last year exported over 17 percent of the milk they produced, according to National Milk. With the confirmation, the Senate sent an ambiguous signal that the interests of the American dairy community will be represented in U.S. trade negotiations, according to the organization. Ahead of National Ag Day on March 21st, the Agricultural Council of America is hosting an essay contest. The theme for this year is Growing a Climate for Tomorrow, How American Agriculture Does It Every Day. The essay contest is divided into two categories, either a written essay or a video essay. Both are national competitions and both winners get $1,000. The contest is open to students currently in grades 9 through 12. They must be a U.S. citizen and attend school in the U.S. The National Ag Day program encourages every American to understand how how food and fiber products are produced. It also teaches people to appreciate the role that agriculture plays in providing safe, abundant, and affordable food products. The deadline for submitting entries in the contest is February 15th. For more information, go to agday.org. USDA's Foreign Agricultural Service released its biannual report on America's dairy products. The report found that U.S. dairy exports are setting records this year in terms of value. The report covers January through October and says this increase was driven by strong prices for dairy products. Overall values are up 25%. Whey exports led the way with a 37% increase since last year. USDA says the increase in export value didn't necessarily coincide with an increase in export volume. In fact, non-fat dry milk export volume dropped 8% while the value went up by 27%. Ice cream and dry whole milk and cream saw a decrease in export volume. Butter and milk fat were the only categories where volume growth outpaced growth in value. A regular study conducted by USDA looks at the economic benefits and export market opportunities created through its market access program and foreign market development program. USDA Ag News reporter Rod Bain.
2: How might foreign market promotion and development for US ag goods benefit the economy and export opportunities? USDA Foreign Agricultural Service Deputy Administrator Mark Slupek says a once every five year study is focused on its market access and foreign market development programs, with this year's study conducted in part by Texas AM University researchers indicating
3: that the MAP and FMD programs increase exports by about nine point six billion dollars annually, which represents about thirty. of ag, fish, and forestry exports. In addition, the study determined that the U.S. ag export value increased by $24.50 for every dollar invested in export market development.
2: He adds the study shows market development investment contributes
3: about $45 billion annually in economic output and $22.3 billion in gross domestic product, creating thousands of U.S. jobs.
2: I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C.
0: An environmental protection agency work plan currently out for public comment proposes field borders, filter strips, and grass waterways as potential mitigation measures that farmers would need to adopt to protect non-target species from pesticide exposure. The agency has proposed a menu of mitigation measures that can be used across a range of pesticides. These measures are intended to reduce spray drift, surface water runoff, and pesticide transport through erosion. In addition, EPA has proposed new label language on pesticides incident reporting, advisory language to protect insect pollinators, and language directly user and language directing users to an online system where geographically specific use limitations can be found. For farmers, the proposal is somewhat of a double-edged sword. While the new restrictions and other requirements may be placed on the pesticides on which they rely, EPA contends that it is likely such actions will increase the legal certainty of continued access to those products, according to an article on DTN. EPA is seeking public comment until January 30th. A copy of the entire document is on at epa.gov front slash
1: hero is the leading almond pollination provider we deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure for the first time growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination be Hero accurately evaluates your bees' pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be Hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559 467 9699. Be Hero, superior bees, superior pollination.
0: Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect.